0: Good morning, church. Happy Palm Sunday. We're going to start out like we always do with our shout out. I want you to shout as loud as you can in your home. Maybe mom and dad, they've been telling you to be quiet since you're all stuck together, but not right now. It's shout time. Who's going to win? Who's going to be the loudest? Okay, are you ready? What do we do? Love God and love others. What do we say? I love God, and I love you. Amen. Amen. Who won? God won because he received a shout of praise all throughout Southern California and in each of our homes. Do you know that we've been doing that shout out as a phrase for about a year and three months now? It doesn't seem that that it's been that long, huh? Like I couldn't believe it when I looked it up the other day uh, that it's been that long. Also, I wanted to mention that this Easter week is JRC's official birthday. So, happy birthday, Jericho Road, and I pray you're all blessed today. Today, we're going to travel back in time historically, and we're going to look at the last two weeks of Jesus' life leading up to Easter. Some pretty crazy stuff happened. So, Jesus decides to go to Jerusalem, even though the religious leaders were actively plotting to kill him and his disciples. They decided to go with him, even if it would mean their very lives. Here's what it says in John. Then Thomas, we call him doubting, but not in the Bible. Then Thomas, also known as Didymus, said to the rest of the disciples, Let's also go with him, that we may die with him. That's really interesting, because at this point, the disciples are willing to risk their lives to follow Jesus. A few days later, about two weeks before Palm Sunday, uh, I mean, uh, two weeks before Easter, Jesus raises this guy named Lazarus from the dead in a town called Bethany, which Bethany is only about two miles away from Jerusalem. Again in John, he records it this way. Jesus was once more deeply moved to come to the tomb where Lazarus was. It was a cave with a stone Uh, that had laid across the entrance. Take away the stone, he said. But Lord, said Martha, the sister of the dead man, by this time there's a bad odor, for, for he's been in there for four days. And Jesus says, Did I not tell you that if you believe, you'll see the glory of God? So they took the stone away. Then Jesus looked up and he said, Father, I thank you that you've heard me. I knew that you always hear me. But I said this for the benefit of the people standing here, that they may believe that you sent me. And when we had said this, Jesus called out in a loud voice, Lazarus, come out! The dead man came out, and his hands and his feet were wrapped with strips of linen and a cloth around his face. And Jesus said to them, Take off the grave clothes and let him go. All of this coincides with the Jewish national holiday of Passover. Passover required all the Jews to come to Jerusalem to celebrate as one people. So the city of Jerusalem and the surrounding areas, Bethany being one of them, would have been packed with people. And so all sorts of people heard about this miracle about Lazarus being raised from the dead. Once news of the Lazarus miracle started to spread, the people were abuzz with wonder about Jesus and, and who he might be. A week later, uh, Jesus and his disciples decide to go into Jerusalem. This is what we call Palm Sundays. Just days before his crucifixion and a week before his resurrection, the things got really wild. We're going to be looking at a couple of scriptures that come through all four Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. As they approached Jerusalem and came to Bethphage and Bethany at the hill of called the Mount of Olives, Jesus sent two disciples, saying to them, Go into the village ahead of you, and as you enter it, at once you'll find a donkey tied there, with her colt by her, which no one's ever ridden. Untie them and bring them to me. And if anyone asks you, Why are you doing this? Say, The Lord needs it, and we'll send it back here shortly. So they went and they found a colt outside in the street, just as it had been told to them, tied to a doorway. As they untied it, some people standing there asked like, Hey, what are you doing untying that colt? And they answered as Jesus told them to. And the people let them go. They brought the donkey and the colt and they placed their cloaks on them for Jesus to sit on. This took place to fulfill what was spoken through the prophet Zechariah. Say to daughter Zion, see your king comes to you gentle and riding on a donkey. And on a colt, the fowl of a donkey. That's from Zechariah 9.9. So Jesus is fulfilling like this tiny little prophecy. I don't know if you've read Zechariah lately. We just finished it in the IBT. But this is this tiny little prophecy, and it seems like maybe it's not that big of a deal. It's just one small little prophecy concerning the coming of the Messiah, the King of the Jews, the Savior. And though it may seem little, over the next week he's going to fulfill multiple prophecies about the coming King, And then we add this to his previous three years of prophecy fulfilling and teaching and miraculous sign giving. Plus Lazarus, the week, just the week before, and we find out that people, they just don't know what to think. Is this like the end of the world? Is it the end of the Roman occupation or or maybe something else? So they start to gather around Jesus. The crowds start to come. And there's a lot of people in this area because of the Passover. And here's what happens. When he came near the place where the road goes down, to the, uh, down the Mount of Olives, the whole crowd of disciples, they began to joyfully praise God in loud voices for all the miracles they had seen. And a very large crowd had come to the festival and, and heard that Jesus was on his way to Jerusalem And they spread their cloaks on the road, and others cut palm branches, thus the name, from the trees. And they spread them on the road, and the crowds that went ahead of him and those that followed, they were shouting. And they shouted, Hosanna to the Son of David, peace in heaven and glory in the highest. And they shouted things like, Blessed is the king who comes in the name of the Lord. And "and blessed is the king of Israel. They're just shouting all this stuff out. Blessed is the coming kingdom of our father David. Hosanna in the highest. Hosanna in the highest. They were shouting out over and over. At first, his disciples didn't understand all this. Only after Jesus was glorified did they realize that these things had been written about him and that these things had had, uh, been done to him. Kids, did you catch that? Why is today called Palm Sunday? Yes, exactly. Because of this passage. His disciples and many others began to worship him, praise him, fulfilling more prophecy as he triumphantly enters into Jerusalem. They knew something supernatural was going on, but they couldn't possibly grasp uh, grasp the entirety of it. They shouted, Hosanna, which means save us or God saves. And and they shouted things that were beyond their wildest imagination because they didn't quite understand exactly what they were saying in reality. Jesus had come not to save them from the Romans, but to save the entire world from their sins, to bridge a divide created by Adam and perpetuated by each one of us because of our sins. He came to become king, but not just king of the Jews, king of all mankind. They thought he would bring about a Jewish reign, but there was something so much more at stake, an eternal reign. It continues on like this. As he approached Jerusalem and saw the city, he wept over it. And he said, if you, even you, had only known on this day what would bring you peace, but now it's hidden from your eyes, the days will come when your enemies will build an embankment against you and encircle you and hem you in on every side and they'll dash you to the ground, you and the, and the children within your walls, and they they won't leave one stone on another because you did not recognize the time of God's coming to you. So Jesus weeps over the city, knowing that even though they're excited now, even though they worship today, There is soon to be a time of sorrow. You see, this is only the beginning of something bigger than any Jewish person, disciple, or enemy could have even imagined. Now, the crowd that was with him, when he called Lazarus from the tomb and they raised him from the dead, they continued to spread the word. Many people, because they had heard that he had performed these signs, went out to meet him. And when Jesus entered Jerusalem, the whole city was stirred. And they asked, like, who is this? And the crowd answered, "This Jesus. He's the prophet. Excuse me. He's the prophet from Nazareth in Galilee. And so the people rose up wondering, like, what the heck is going on? Why is all of this happening? And what should we make of it? His disciples are shouting, and people are shouting, and people are running. They're all trying to come to hear. Now, some of the Pharisees in the crowd, they said, Teacher, rebuke your disciples. I tell you, Jesus replied, if they keep quiet, the stones will cry out. So the Pharisees said to one another, See, this is getting nowhere. Look how the whole world has gone after him. The enemies of Jesus tried to stop him, but he could not be stopped. The people recognized what the religious leaders did not, that God in human flesh had come to save them. Now, maybe they didn't have a full understanding of that, but that's what they're shouting out. Jesus entered Jerusalem and went into the temple courts, and he looked around everywhere, but since it was already late, he went out to Bethany uh, with the twelve, And that's how the scripture ends on Palm Sunday. Pretty mildly. The calm before the storm. You see, Palm Sunday is the exciting introduction to the movie. It's a celebration, yes, but there was so much more going on than a simple party. We highlight the coming of the king, the triumphant entrance, but that entrance is going to lead to horror in just a few days. And then... Going to lead to the greatest joy imaginable. This roller coaster, it's just getting started. Jesus' story should have ended with him triumphantly entering into Jerusalem and establishing a kingdom and living perfectly and rightly for all eternity, but that isn't how it ends. That's why Palm Sunday is an introduction, not a conclusion. In Palm Sunday, we see a a vast difference in reactions and emotions. Some are excited, some are confused, some are defiant. He enters praised as a king, but they don't even know how right they are. They don't even know the price that he is going to have to pay to become the king. You see, he is a king without subjects, because without the sacrifice of himself, no one can actually enter into his kingdom. The book of Romans tells us this. There's no one that's righteous. There's not even one. There's none who understand. There's no one who seeks God. All have turned away, and they together become worthless. There's no one who does good, not even one. So Jesus has nobody in his kingdom because nobody is good enough to get into his kingdom. And so he has to do something about that. He enters triumphantly, but but his triumph isn't yet. It's going to come in seven days, but not until the price is paid. You see, his kingdom comes through blood and not the blood of enemies, as in like a regular war. It comes through his own blood. In 33 AD, Jesus enters Jerusalem to much applause and adoration, but he has not yet done the work which will demonstrate his love for the people. He has not yet completed the sacrifice which will free all mankind from the shackles of sin. And he has not shown the power which proves he is the name above all other names. This is an intro into his death on the cross for the sins of the world. And it's a precursor to his triumphant resurrection on what we call Easter. We're going to spend some time on this kind of idea on our Friday online service. So would you join us on Friday for uh, Good Friday and then again next week for Easter? Look, our intro video this morning ended with the question, why? Why all of this? Because God cannot simply ignore sin. That would be unjust. Yet God doesn't want us to suffer the consequences of our sin, which is eternal separation from Him. So his solution is to come and die in our place to satisfy justice and to become the gateway to eternal life. Palm Sunday is the beginning of the culmination of God's plan since the moment Adam sinned. So who are you in this narrative at this moment? Are you a curious onlooker? Or are you someone caught up in the crowd just cheering? Or maybe you're a dedicated disciple or a skeptic, or, or even one of who is opposed to this impossibility. No matter where you are on your spiritual journey, know that Jesus loves you right where you are, and he invites you to join him in the celebration of him. You are not too far away. Many of you today, you're dedicated disciples, so this is a time where we get to shout and rejoice together at the coming of our King. We join a chorus in heaven, exalting him. And we join a chorus of voices all throughout this planet. More than 2 billion people shouting today, Hosanna, Hosanna in the highest. Let me pray for us and then we're going to close in a worship song. So- Jesus, we, we love you. For those who of us who know you. This is your triumphant entry, but it's a triumph into like your death, which is bad, but your resurrection, which is amazing. And so we just want to come and worship you right now together. We recognize that it's because of These events which allow us access into eternal life, access into a new adoption, access into a new life. And so God, like these disciples 2,000 years ago, I want to pray out and shout out Hosanna to you. God, you save. We love you. Hosanna in the highest.